1: greetings and salutations my creative brothers and sisters welcome to the not real art podcast where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it my name is jurgen burkessel and i work with scott power the usual host of the show and owner of not real art as well as Crea- Creuest studios and today's episode is a little switcheroo with some reversed roles. I play guest host and you, dear listener, finally get to hear more from your usual host, Scott Power. And in addition, I want to mention that for this episode, we used an asynchronous recording technology. And that allowed me to send audio questions to Scott which he then answered in his own time. So this episode is light on the usual back and forth banter, but I hope you will find this is compensated by hearing a little bit more from your usual host, Scott. So with that, let's get started. Scott, your brand has grown tremendously the last few years. When you first started, why did you choose the name Not Real Art? And (laughs) as your digital strategist, people sometimes ask me about that somewhat satirical choice. And I think most artists get the joke. But the reason I like the name is that it reflects the underrepresented and undervalued in the art world who you champion. Um, But other other people in the art world might not have the same response. So what made you choose that name? Has it ever really been a hindrance in your mission? And now that you're so successful it doesn't even matter
0: thanks for that question Jurgen it's um, <laughs> it's a good one that I have been asked a lot over the years um, and it's been funny because um, artists get the joke immediately whereas more traditional conventional uh, art world, uh, so-called experts, galleries, patrons, uh, collectors, uh, many times don't get the joke. And, you know, so number one, part of the reason why, you know, I chose the name, not real art is because, well, I've been in the art world for a long time and I think I know artists pretty well. And I wanted to build something for artists. Number one, we want to be artist centric. So I felt that the name needed to be a name that artists appreciated and found relevant, and um, it resonated with them, uh, you know, right right away. So I wanted to come up with a name that was really targeted towards artists. Number one, I didn't care about um, uh, gallerists and collectors and patrons per se. Uh, I wanted to speak to artists. So, I wanted to find a name that would uh, that would catch their attention, of course, and. It took a while, I mean, you know, I say a while, but, you know, several days, maybe a couple of weeks to get to a name and not real art. When it it hit me, um, it sort of hit me, as many good names do, uh, right in the gut. I just knew that it was the right one. It resonated, I had a visceral reaction. And having been in the art world for a long time, uh, I I knew that it was right. Um, And I knew it sort of on an intuitive level. But I knew it based on experience. And the reason that I knew that it was sort of the right name was because, you know, one of the core issues, there's a couple of core issues I wanted to address. One of the core issues was uh, this issue of legitimacy that artists struggle with. Um, you know, so many artists um, that I've known over the years have been um, sort of criticized or critiqued by so-called experts, um, who maybe have critiqued their work and said, well, you know, it's not real art. Um, and I just, you know, found that <laughs> incredibly elitist and incredibly exclusive and not at all, uh, in the, in the spirit or, um, uh, that, 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 that I know of art, which is, you know, for me and, and, in, in when making art and in, in the world of art, there are no rules. I mean, there shouldn't be and yes there are but you should be able to break those rules right and um and so i felt like not real art the name sort of would resonate because it spoke to uh, what artists deal with all the time which is this idea of legitimacy you know am i a real artist is my art real art and so i wanted uh and with our name i wanted to ideally show artists that we see them we hear them we get them we know them and uh, we uh, can empathize um, with uh, with their struggle, and the struggle is real. And so um, I just knew that with a name like Not Real Art, that uh, you know, we'd be able to connect with artists in a in a in a really human way uh, and a professional way. And but I also knew that you know if we could connect with artists uh, in that way, eventually we would connect with gallerists and patrons and collectors because. You know if uh, if you know if, if the artists find us legitimate and cool and relevant and meaningful and value added uh, I know the art world well enough to know that eventually they'll they'll fall in line <laughs> because they'll see opportunity and the art world at the end of the day is hugely opportunistic so um, you know I wanted to, to to that was number one that's number one number two. Uh, The reason I loved and chose the name Not Real Art was because I did want to speak to this air of exclusivity that the art world uh, tends to um, build up and alienate so many folks out there who uh, may feel um, uh, sort of excluded or, you know, from the art world. Maybe they're not, you know, they feel like they're not rich enough or smart enough or fancy enough or whatever. And, you know, I just wanted to sort of talk to those people too, because, um, you know, art should be for everybody. It is for everybody. And, you know, whether or not the blue chip first world of art wants to be for everybody, that's their, that's their world. That's fine. That's their, um, right. Uh, you know, but, um, but we wanted to, democratize the arts we want to democratize the arts we we believe art is for the people and should be accessible to all the people um and so we wanted to speak to those people and hopefully let them know that we're for them too uh that we're not pretentious we're not exclusive um we actually while we love art and we take it seriously we don't take ourselves seriously uh too seriously (laughs) and uh we felt like with a name like not real art maybe we would disarm people and um and get them to laugh a little bit, and be curious, and wonder. Oh, well, maybe, maybe this is a friendly, welcoming, accessible, inclusive uh, environment for the average uh, uh, person um, of modest means to be able to come in and uh, buy their first piece of art, or learn about, you know, art and buying art, and. You know, because the truth of the matter is, right from a from a supply perspective, um, when it comes to art, there's way more art out there, affordable art out there, than than art that isn't affordable. I mean, majority of art out there, um, original art, is priced somewhere between a hundred bucks and ten thousand um, bucks, and there's way more people out there to be able to buy that art. Um, and so, we wanted to speak to those people. We wanted to speak to the mass market, um, which is often overlooked uh, by the uh, blue chip first world of art. And so with a name like Not Real Art and our branding, it was very specific because number one, we wanted to be artist centric and speak to artists. But number two, we wanted to speak to, um, you know, so-called regular folks out there who may not, who may be feeling alienated and excluded. And we wanted them to know that, uh, we're a friendly, fun place that they can come and feel comfortable and learn about art.
1: Not Real Art's tagline is we love artists. And the site is described as where we champion artists and their work. So, where did this love for artists come from? Why not promote yourself and your art? And what first got you excited about celebrating other artists and their work?
0: Our tagline, We Love Artists, um, admittedly, was not the first tagline we came up with. We've tried um, several different taglines, and it's been interesting to kind of see what resonated. Um, and what landed, uh, but you know, you want a tagline that really is 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 true and accurate, and you know speaks to who you know uh, the organization really is and who we really are, and what the core ethos uh, is um, uh, for our uh, organization. And you know, why do we get up every day uh, and do what we do, really? And, you know, one day it just dawned on me, you know what? We do this every day. We get up every day excited to do our work because we love artists. And, you know, maybe somebody would say the tagline should be, we love art. Um, Maybe most organizations would have said that tagline, we love art. Um, However, for us, that was very reductive. Um, You know, it's not about the art object. It's about the creator of the object, the artist because there would be no art object if there wasn't an artist. And when I say art object, I mean, not just visual art or sculpture or performance art or, you know, anything like this. I'm, t- I'm talking about music and comedy and dance and, you know, classical music and ballet. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, we just love artists, creative people, and they, they are the ones that make, the world interesting. (laughs) They are the ones that uh, the guys on Wall Street, the investment bankers on Wall Street uh, need uh, to come up with, you know, beautiful, interesting, cool, creative, compelling products and services and and businesses uh, so that they can uh, turn it around and make a buck. I mean, creative people, and by the way, to be clear, you know, we use the word artist all the time, but we feel you know, honestly, we feel everybody's an artist. Deep down inside, everybody's an artist. If only they had, they have that muscle. If only they had had a chance to exercise it and and strengthen it. Um, And so you're, you know, at the very least, we're all artists with a lowercase a. Um, We may not all be artists with a capital A, um, but we love artists with both a capital A and a lowercase a. We love creative people. And creative people make the world really interesting. And for me anyway, and in for everybody, whether they realize it or not, you know, whether it's the the designer that created the your favorite chair or your favorite smartphone or um, your favorite uh, video game, uh, or it's the artist that wrote your favorite song or it's the artist that makes you laugh at the corner comedy club, um, you know, we just think artists are the coolest people. We really do. I've had the chance to, you know, know artists my whole life. I grew up in a musical family. Um, and I've worked in the, on the commercial arts uh, side for years and years and been involved in the contemporary arts for years. Um, but, you know, I say that to say, I mean, and I mean, but of course, I've also known, you know, folks that work in steel mills and uh, work uh, as plumbers or electricians. I also have known doctors and lawyers and accountants. And, you know, the point is, is that turns out artists are just really, the most interesting cool people <laughs> no offense to my uh doctor out there um but uh you know but yeah in my experience i just you know artists have always just been some of my favorite people and i love them and uh and as i've gotten to know them i realized that you know they 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 need uh help and support um uh, advocacy they need champions they need boosters they need amplifiers and so um, because you know, at the end of the day, artists just want to make their art. They don't want to necessarily have to worry about promotion and marketing. And so I just felt like, you know, our tagline, uh, needed to, to shine a light on who we really are, our, our, our true ethos, which is that, you know, we love artists and want to help them. And, uh, and so everything we do at the end of the day is about, uh, helping artists tell their stories and promote their work as a sort of a platform that helps boost and amplify and, and elevate what they do. And so our tagline, We Love Artists, just really speaks to who we are and why we do what we do every day.
1: I expect there have been some high points and low points since you created the not real art brand. So let's focus on one of the high points. Can you share a story of one of your high point or peak not real art experiences? Wow,
0: this is a interesting question, uh Jurgen. Um, you know, truth of the matter is there have been I'm happy and grateful and lucky enough to say there have been many high point experiences, um, uh, over the last few years, but there's a caveat and a nuance here because, um, I don't mean to imply that we've, 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 we, you know, that we've had, you know, big wins where we might've, you know, made some big exciting thing happen or make some ton of money or, or, or something like this. No. Um, my high point experiences really are these personal moments, these intimate personal moments where an artist will walk up to me and say, thank you, you know, thank you for what you do. Please do more of it. Please do it more often. Keep me posted. Keep me in the loop. Um, those for me are the high point ex- experiences and, and I'm grateful and lucky and thankful that I've had many artists walk up to me and say, thank you for what you're doing. And um, just to give you a very specific example, uh, I'm remembering our first uh, year where we uh, launched our artist grant. And uh, we have an annual artist grant, the Not Real Art grant for artists. And we award uh, six artists each $2,000. So it's a $12,000 financial grant uh, divided six ways. Um, and, and in addition to, but it's not just about the money. It's, it's, uh, each winner gets thousands of dollars, um, tens of thousands of dollars worth of free publicity and promotion and marketing. And we, um, help promote them and amplify them in, in, in many ways, not just on the podcast and on the blog. Um, uh, but we give them exhibitions and promote them in, 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 in different ways. Um, and that first year we had curated a, uh, gallery exhibition featuring our, our winners. And for several of our winners, it was their first gallery show. And, um, and it was such a high point experience. Uh, you know, we were, you know, the winners, our grant winners were coming up to me all night saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, man, oh man, that was just one of the most gratifying, humbling, I should say very humbling, uh, uh, moment. And I realized that we just have to keep doing what we're doing and we just have to keep, um, supporting artists and empowering artists and elevating artists and lifting them up. And you know, that particular night of the exhibition, I, I actually spent a lot of time standing outside of the gallery. And it was a beautiful night um, and uh, it was a cool area of town. And so I was happy to sort of stand outside and enjoy the fresh air and people watch a little bit. And somebody walked up to me uh, and said, why are you outside? You know, why aren't you inside? And, um, and I simply said, because this isn't about me. This is about them. This is about our winners. And um, I'm just the, you know, I'm just the producer. I'm just the, patron or the supporter or the advocate. Um, I want them, I don't want to steal any of the spotlight. Um, I want them to get all the spotlight. And so I'm happy to stand outside here and and let them enjoy their night. And so, so yeah. So, you know, for me, it is just about, you know, knowing that we're doing something that's meaningful and relevant and value added for artists and that we're adding value to their lives and hopefully taking a little bit of friction away, a little bit of, uh, you know, mitigating some of those pain points uh, because the struggle is real. It's tough to be an artist. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, so so high point experiences for me are are actually these very sort of simple moments, these personal, intimate, simple moments that most people never know about or see or hear when I get a, a, a an artist uh, reaching out to me, calling me, talking to me, walking up to me. And simply saying thank you, keep it up, Uh, we appreciate it.
1: As you recall that particular high point story, what about your own particular contribution that you're proud of? In other words, what do you value about yourself in your story?
0: What do I value about myself? Um, Interesting. Um, You know, (laughs) um, I, I think, like a lot of artists, I go, you know, from you know, one day I feel great. And the next day I feel horrible. I have great highs and lows. Some days I feel like, you know, the smartest guy around. And some days I feel like the dumbest guy around. Um, and I guess 52 years in of life, I've realized actually at the end of the day, um, you know, I don't know as much as I think I'd know, but, um, but, you know, I, I, you know, joking aside, I I think, you know, if, if I'm going to value something about myself and my story, um, you know, it's that I'm, I'm a, I'm, I don't want to say this. I, I you know, I'm a true believer, I guess. Um, if I believe in you, uh, I'm your greatest cheerleader. I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm enthusiastic, right? I, I'm a cheerleader. If I, if, but I gotta believe in you, I gotta believe in what we're doing. I gotta really, I can't fake it. I really am not good. I've tried to fake it <laughs> at times over the years and it just never works, Um, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, fortunately, you know, eventually I learned that I just need to be true to myself and demonstrate real integrity and, uh, and align myself and my work and my actions and my choices, you know, with, with what I, what I believe in. And, um, you know, I believe in artists, I believe in art. I am who I am today because I came from an arts family with a focus in music. I came from a public school system back in the seventies and eighties that actually had a robust arts program. You know, yes, we had visual arts, but we also had performing arts and music. Um, you know, we had a real kind of liberal arts kind of curriculum in a public school in the Midwest. Um, and so, you know, so I've, and listen not you know i understand you know we, we it takes everybody it takes a village i mean you you know we absolutely need people that are wired to be scientists and you know to be engineers and you know to be mathematicians um but um you know but we also need artists um and people uh who um are creative and uh, embrace the creative arts and so um you know, am I an artist? Well, that's not for me to say. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you tell me if I'm an artist, you know, it's funny. I have such high regard for artists. Um, you know, I sort of put them on a pedestal. And so I'm very loath and reluctant to call myself an artist. If people want to call me an artist, great. Uh, I'll, 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 I might say I'm an artist with a lowercase a for sure. Um, am I an artist with a upper, with a capital A who knows, but um but what I do know is that I do love art and I love artists even more. And so the opportunity to be able to, you know, bring my talents and abilities and skills as a communicator, as an amplifier, as a promoter, uh, to help add value to artists' lives um, in a meaningful way is just a pr- honor and a privilege. And, you know, and I know artists at the end of the day just want to make their art and, you know, they'd love to have somebody to help them promote market it, and not have to bother with that. And so if my artistic expression is to be able to communicate and promote and, and amplify um, artists in their work, well, then I guess that makes me an artist uh, because that is my creative expression. I, I love talking. People who know me will tell you they want me to shut up all the time. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, so, so yeah. So if that's my artistic ability to help you know, to communicate and help connect and, and bring people together and network people together and, and, and share a common passion or, 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 or celebrate our common love and passion for artists and art. I mean, that, that is uh, truly an honor and a privilege. And so I guess I do value that above myself or uh, value that about myself uh, above anything else.
1: Let's shift focus to the future and what's possible. If you had three wishes for not real art, what would they be?
0: Three wishes, boy oh boy. Well, I guess the three wishes would be, number one, to find the funding to do more of what we're already doing. Um, you know, we are a lean, mean organization. Um, I am actually self-funding most of what we do um, because my, my focus has been on laying a foundation First and foremost, and so it's an investment in what we're doing. You know, making money was not and has not been a concern, uh, at least thus far. So, you know, we're limited by our resources, as with any organization. Um, Resources not just being financial, but human capital, um, and of course, time is always a constraint. Um, So, I guess my first wish would be, you know, more resources to do more of what we're doing to 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 scale and amplify what we're doing, because clearly artists appreciate it, clearly artists want and need it. And, um, you know, I'm only limited by my constraints, the very real constraints of of, of human capital, um, financial capital, and of course, uh, time. And so number one, I, I hope uh, in the near future, we're able to address this issue. And we are, we're doing several things um, that I won't bore you with now. But we're doing several things to address the funding and the financing of not real art, so that we can, you know, fund more of our projects um, and uh, do more of what we're doing. So that's number one. Number two, oh boy, um, number two, I would love to be able to um, expand our conference uh, into a, a three-day experience that includes a uh, uh, art fair attached to it. Um, As you may know, we do educational events for artists, Uh, we have an annual conference, and uh, starting in September of this fall, September 21st of 2022, we're launching Smart Talks, which is a one-day educational event um, featuring three panels of experts talking about hot topics relevant to artists um and so we'll do that on a monthly basis but um but our, na- our 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 annual conference uh you know it was is really a special event and um we're bringing it back uh, in 2023 after uh, kind of a hiatus due to covid um but i really hope that uh you know it w- as a second wish that um, we can can make our conference a three-day event. Number three, my third wish for Not Real Art um, over the next few years uh, would be having a talk radio channel on Sirius XM dedicated to the arts. Call it the Not Real Art channel, uh, but I would love to have a talk radio channel dedicated to the creative arts on Sirius XM why SiriusXM? Well, I'm a fan of SiriusXM. I use SiriusXM, um, but they have scale. They have 35 million subs. Uh, they own Pandora, um, and um, you know we want to go where the people are, right? And uh, they have a lot of people—35 million people—and I'm guessing a few million of those people really dig creativity, art, and design, and uh, the performing arts and music and everything in between. So, so we'd love to bring the uh value and ethos of not real art to um to to talk radio on Sirius XM with our own channel the not real art channel on serious <laughs> so I guess those are my three wishes I mean I could go on and by the way in five minutes I'll probably think of you know oh I should have said these three and not those three but but uh, but anyway, that's that's essentially it. Oh, one more. Um, <laughs> I told you that uh, our artist database. You know, right now we have uh, thousands of artists on our database, um, and uh, you know, I want to grow that. I want to. Uh, we have a couple thousand now in our database, and I want to grow that to include uh, tens of thousands of artists. I want to have the world's largest database of artists. Uh, you know, that we can tap into because, uh, that would be an incredible resource and we can help them, um, you know, help artists even more, more strategically that way. Um, it's, but it's like herding cats, right? That's the, that's the issue, right? That's part of the reason why you want to do a, we want to do a radio channel and a database and stuff, because, you know, the, the community of, of, of the creative community, the community of artists is a very fragmented artist. It's like herding cats. So, you know, how do you herd cats? Well, you give them, uh, well, you either give them a litter box or catnip and uh, <laughs> so, uh, or food, I guess. Right. So, so food for artists, I think, uh, would be, you know, some of these initiatives that we have like a radio channel and like a database. So, but we need money. Uh, anyway, those are my three wishes. Thanks for the question.
1: Let's talk about the school of not real art. Sounds something like Jack Black should star in if it was a movie. But having worked with you for many years now, I feel like the school, which teaches about the business of art, is seriously underrated, or maybe even underpromoted. It's such a good resource. And all the courses are free. How does that even work? So my question here is, is where did the school originate from? Why not charge you know what are truly advanced topics for the business of art and and what's next for the school?
0: The not real art school. Yes, yes, we have a school, the not real art school. Um well look, as I said earlier, we produce these educational events. Uh we produce a lot of events, and pretty much anytime we do events, we film and record everything we do. You know, we're living in an age of content, we're living in an age of social media. Uh, somebody joked that if it, if you didn't see it on social media, it didn't happen. Um, so it's now more than ever important, um, to be able to document, uh, you know, the things that you do as a, as a company, as a brand, as a, as an artist. Uh, and so, you know, if we have an event, whatever it is, we're always doing our best to film and record it. Uh, we have photographers at all of our events. We have videographers at our events, but certainly when it comes to our educational events, uh, our conference back in 2019, um, the smart talks that we're launching uh, this fall in September, uh, we film and record all these things. And so we have the audio, we have the video. And so the question then gets to, well, okay, how do you serve that up? How do you repackage it and repurpose it so that people can, uh, you know, consume it and, and see it and hear it and learn from it and grow from it. And so, after the conference in 2019, we had all this content, you know eight hours you know worth of you know world class stuff for artists. and um, and we wanted to put it out there. And so well how do you do that? what's the branding what have you? And we thought, you know what this is actually this is educational. so let's call it a school And it's arts related. so let's call it an art school. Well, no, it's actually not really about art per se. it's about the business of art. The content, the conference that we have is about the business of being an artist, the business of being in the arts. Um, If you go to art school, they don't teach you about the business of art. They don't teach you about running a small business. They don't teach you about navigating the gallery system. Um, And so, Artists go come, come out of art school and go out into the world and try to build a career and try to pay their bills and they don't know jack about uh, accounting or marketing or licensing or copywriting. Um, they don't know a, a lot about a lot. And, um, and this is classic. I mean, doctors go to medical school and don't learn how to communicate, uh, which is why so many doctors are horrible communicators. Uh, they don't learn about business either. They sort of learn it uh, when they come out. Um, and other professions are like that too. Um, you know, you 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 come out as a lawyer uh, out of law school. You don't necessarily learn about running a, a law firm. You learn that on the job. Maybe you learn that as an intern. Um, so the point is, is that you know artists are no different. You go to art school. You 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 learn about you know what it means to be an artist and be creative and make art and 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 be productive and be and produce. Uh, but you don't learn about the fundamentals of running your business and accounting and copyright and licensing and all these things that artists need to know about and so we want to fill that gap and um and so we launched the conference and the smart talks that we're doing but it doesn't matter um if if artists can't see and hear it and of course you know, there's only, only so many tickets that we sell. I mean, our conference, we had, a, you know, 250 people. Um, so, you know, this year, next year, I guess we expect, you know, more than that, but, you know, a few hundred people. Smart Talks that we're launching in in November is actually a very intimate affair. It's 75, 75 seats. That's it. Um, and we're doing four of them. So it's one a month, but still 75 seats. And so how do we get scale? How do we share? How do we um, distribute um, this knowledge and education. Well, we have to we have to make it available and so and make it accessible. And so we do that through our Not Real Art School. If you go to naturalart.com and you click on the school tab, it'll take you to our educational platform. And oh, by the way, it's free. Yes, it's free. We just ask you to sign up, give us your email address. We don't never spam you, but um, but just sign up and you get access to all this great content. For free, and um, you're going to learn about licensing and marketing and branding and copyright and you know all of these things and and um, and I think this is important too because you know in anything we do we always have artists yes we have subject matter experts you know so if it's a legal issue we have lawyers if it's an accounting issue we have accountants if we have if it's a licensing issue we have licensing experts um but we always have artists on the panels as well and you know because artists are the front lines they're the ones dealing with it and artists i think a lot of times think that they're the you know their problems or challenges are singular when in fact so many artists are grappling with the same stuff the problem with being an artist is that of course it's a very lonely singular existence you're you know we're often alone in our studios working and we think the struggles uh, are so unique to us when in fact if we actually all worked in the same studio and we had a water cooler we could have water cooler moments um we'd start gossiping and chatting and realizing oh no no no! wait a minute we're all grappling with the same stuff and we all have the same kind of stresses and same uh challenges and we could actually work together to help collaborate and solve these problems together and oh by the way maybe um, you know, you've dealt with it and you solved it one way and, 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 and that will help me and, you know, but artists don't get these water cooler moments, right? So, so the point, it was very important for us to create these water cooler moments, which is why we do the educational events and why we want to put the video and the audio out there so that we can um, uh, share and, uh, and promote and, um, and enlighten and educate and, um, and mentor. Uh, because if you know if 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 it's not out there, you you can't uh, you can't access it. So we just want to make it as accessible as possible. Um, so you know, just go there, sign up. It's all free, and uh, you're definitely going to learn something. You've offered
1: a generous grant to participating artists in the last few years, and like all things not real art, the grant program has grown tremendously. Tell us more about the grant and where you're taking it
0: our non-real art grant, uh, for artists was launched, uh, in 2019. And, um, we'd known for a long time, we'd wanted to start a grant. And so now we're in our fourth year with the grant. And, um, you know, it's funny because we knew we wanted to start a grant years ago. We knew we wanted to start a conference and a podcast years ago, but we didn't really have a, a unifying, brand idea that sort of tied all these things together. And when we came up with the name Not Real Art, we knew that we had something special that would connect all these things in a really fun, interesting way. And so we could finally have the Not Real Art grant and the Not Real Art podcast at the Not Real Art conference. And the whole point was to design what I call a virtual a virtuous cycle of symbiotic programs and that complement each other. And so for example, what I mean by that is, you know, at our, we announce our grant winners at our conference, and then we have our grant winners on our podcast, and then we feature them, you know, on our blog, and we give them an exhibition. And by the way, we're filming and recording everything. So we're creating content that we can then cross promote, and cross publish and share again on the blog or the podcast, so on and so forth. And so the grant was, just was part of this integrated, comprehensive kind of integrated approach where we're creating uh, something that is complementary and symbiotic uh, and part of this ecosystem that we're trying to design really meant to celebrate and elevate artists and empower artists and support them and, and promote them. So so the grant, it's a modest grant in terms of the actual financial part. I mean, we it's a $12,000 grant. We award $2,000 to six artists, so it's 12,000 bucks. But each of those artists, um, get featured on the podcast and get featured on the blog and get featured on the exhibition uh, in any number of ways. So they're receiving, actually, at the end, of the, in, in, in the end of the day, each one of our winners receives tens of thousands of dollars worth of free publicity and promotion, um, which is hugely valuable and is aligns with our ethos and our mission as well. So uh, so this is, this is why we do the grant because, you know, it, it, it helps, you know, pay off our mission, demonstrate our beliefs and our values. Um, and um, yes, we know artists need money, but we, we, what we know is that they also really need helping uh, with help with the uh, amplification and boosterism and, you know, helping them tell their stories and promote their work. So, so it's, a, it's, it's, the, the grant is really designed to, to, to help do that as well. And oh, by the way, I should tell you that, when it comes to the money, unlike so many grants, there's no strings attached. We give you two thousand bucks, and you can do whatever you want with that money. We don't care if you buy paint or go to the dispensary. Uh, we don't care if you buy canvases or buy milk. Um, you know, whatever you need to use that money for to To support your practice and support support your career, that's that's what the money's for. So we don't have any strings attached. We 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 love our grant winners. We've been so lucky to meet so many amazing, talented people. Whether they win or not, um, you know, we 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 just have this incredible uh um, group of artists that come our way, and it's grown exponentially. I mean, our grant has grown, oh, I think over five hundred percent over the last three years. I mean, the just to give you a sense, you know. First year, we had 100 applications. Last year, we had 892. Um, So it's wonderful to see that growth and artists learning about our grant and getting excited about winning it. And so um, we're just grateful and honored to be able to, to, to do it and produce the grant and support artists with it.
1: In addition to your own Not Real Art podcast, You've launched an entire podcast network for creative people. Tell us more about that, about your original Not Real Art podcast, but also the growing network of other shows.
0: So our podcast network is uh, developing. It's new. Um, Of course, we launched our whole podcast initiative with the Not Real Art podcast, where we uh, talk to the world's most creative people. And you know, several hundred uh, episodes in. Uh, well, not several hundred. I guess we have almost 200 um, episodes in. Uh, we um, we've talked to <laughs> some incredibly uh, world-class creative people, and uh, so. But as we've gotten into it, and you know, I like to think of Not Real Art as almost a variety show. So we're not just talking about to visual artists, but we're also talking to musicians and comics and actors and writers and. So an entrepreneur is even sometimes so, so the not real art podcast is meant to sort of celebrate, you know, creative culture and the people who drive it and, and we talk to the world's most creative people. But as we've gotten into this, we realize that, wait a minute, um, what about a music related podcast? What about a uh, uh, crafts related podcast? What about a comedy related podcast? Um, because we know all these people. We know comics, we know musicians, we know craftspeople and artisans. And so we soon launched, for example, the Conduit Music Podcast with LA Music Impresario Dan Ubik. And he talks to uh, world-class independent musicians um, uh, about uh, the journey of being a musician and the business of music and what does it mean. And so we've had some incredible guests on that podcast, um, not the least of which, for example, is Peanut Butter Wolf, uh, uh, DJ Newmark, uh, Z Trip, um, Ozo Motley. <laughs> I mean, I could go on. Uh, and we have had some amazing guests on the Conduit Music Podcast. Then we we did a fun promotion last year during October and Halloween, and it was called Art World Horror Stories. Every artist has a has a has a horror story to tell uh, about that show that didn't go well, or that piece that got damaged, or that, uh, galleries that ripped you off. Um, and so there are these horror stories. And so uh, last October we invited artists to tell their horror stories and we spun off a podcast called All world horror stories. And we're going to do it again this October. Um, artsville, we, we had some people reach out to us from the arts and crafts capital of the world, Asheville, North Carolina, and they wanted, uh, help uh, celebrating and elevating the artists and artisans out of Asheville. And so we teamed up to produce, develop and produce Artsville USA, the podcast celebrating American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville and beyond. And then, um, Oh, then we got in the comedy game uh, with some comics that we met and we launched Laugh Gallery, which is in development. Um, uh, and, and we've got another Podcast coming out called Gringo and the Man, uh, which is a humorous uh, sort of political art, I guess, on a certain level uh, podcast where um, my good buddy and business partner, Man One, uh, and I, uh, first generation Mexican-American and a gringo like myself, uh, are going to team up and talk uh, about uh, life and culture in America. And so anyway, so we've, we've gotten this, uh, you know, th- these, these podcasts developed and produced and we thought, well, heck actually what we have here is an opportunity to build a podcast network. And so that's what we're doing. And, uh, we've got other ideas for other podcasts and we're going to be inviting some other producers to join the network. And, you know, so it's, there's strength in numbers and, uh, we want to, you know, high tide raises all boats and all that good stuff. And, so we want to work smartly and work efficiently and strategically. And, and so we feel like a podcast network will help us do all of that. And at the end of the day, it's, it's again, all about helping artists tell their stories and promote their work.
1: Perhaps the podcast network is a good segue for you to tell us a little bit more about Crew West Studio and how it relates to not real art.
0: So the company behind all of this is Crew West Studio. And, uh, I own crew West studio with my business partner, uh, man one. And we used to have a gallery actually called crew West gallery. Um, that man one founded and ran for 10 years. And we curated over 100 exhibitions featuring 2000 artists from 20 countries. And the gallery was called crew West. And it was one of the first galleries in LA to really give urban artists, underground urban artists, you know, graffiti artists, specifically a legitimate venue. And in 2012, we closed that gallery, but we wanted to keep the brand and the ethos alive um, because we're, we've always been about helping artists. So we started Crew West Studio. and um, long story short, it's evolved into a media company. And we saw an opportunity uh, to create a media company dedicated to the creative arts. and um, and that's what we're doing. You know, some media companies are focused on sports and business or politics or entertainment or what have you. Um, and crew West Studios focused on uh arts and creative arts related media, and so we produce audio products and visual products and immersive project pro- events and immersive uh products. Uh, we are publishing some books, we've got a couple books coming out, um, but it's all arts related, and so um crew West Studio has been around for about 10 years. Um, and we about five years ago pivoted into Uh, becoming a media company. We were more of a creative agency uh, for the first few years. And so Not Real Art was our first launch, our first brand launch. And so when we decided to be a media company here at Crew West Studio, um, our first platform, branded media platform was Not Real Art. And so we launched in 2019 with the podcast, the grant, and the conference. And suddenly we were a media company. And, um, we've just been going, um, uh, going ever since. And, you know, crew West studio, like I said, I mean, we were developing audio prod products, you know, podcasts and radio shows where um, developing visual products. So we've got some TV shows and some documentary films in development. Uh, we do events at immersive products. Uh, so we have our conference and our smart talk series and some other productions and exhibitions that are in the works. And we're in publishing, we have our art blog and we have our books. And so all of this, uh, is, uh, re- is, um, produced, developed and produced by crew West studio. And uh, some of it is branded under not real art. And some of it is branded under, you know, The Conduit or Laugh Gallery or Artsville. Uh, We even have a TV show we're developing called Art House, which uh, (laughs) I'll bait you and leave you with that um, uh, because we're really excited about it and uh, I think it'll be a game changer for artists. But So we're a media company. Crew West Studio is a media company and I invite you to check us out at crewweststudio.com.
1: I know you have some exciting projects and events coming up for both Crew West and Not Real Art. What can you share with us at this time?
0: So a lot of cool things are coming up for Not Real Art. I've mentioned already um, our Smart Talk series, uh, which is launching September 21st here in Culver City at Helms Design Center. And uh, Smart Talks will be one day educational events for artists featuring hot topics. We're gonna have three panels um, uh, each Saturday, once a month. And so uh, we're excited about that. Check us check us out, uh, go to go to our website, com to learn more about Smart Talks. Um, But I think even more fundamentally, more strategically, we're standing up a uh, nonprofit arm. We're gonna be a hybrid organization and we're starting a 501c3 uh, arm of the organization that will help uh, deal with some of the funding issues uh, that we're grappling with that I mentioned earlier. And so we're very excited about the future and what's coming up with Not Real Art. And by the way, more of the same. I mean, in 2023, it's it's wash, rinse, repeat, okay? So we're doing the grant again. It'll be our fifth year, I believe. Um, we'll do the conference again. Of course, we'll keep doing the podcast. And um, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? So so we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, but we're gonna do more of it. And uh, we're really excited about our nonprofit uh, arm as well. So stay tuned so you can help support uh, the work that we're doing.
1: Scott, thank you for sharing your stories and insights into Not Real Art. And I just wanna say in closing, I feel privileged to have worked with you these past few years, but even more importantly,
0: I feel very proud to be able to call you a friend. Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Pajot and Desi DeLauro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.